I am uh, Charles Zeller. I'm a supporter because I would like for Texas to accept uh, federal Medicare money in order to save our rural hospitals, which are closing at a rapid rate, as are all states which are not accepting uh, federal Medicare money. Either that or we could just pay it internally, which seems kind of stupid. It's Wednesday, September 13th, 2023, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Aron Torres at the Dallas Morning News has coverage of day six of the historic impeachment trial of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton yesterday, which saw the appearance of a key player in the relationship between Paxton's office and Austin real estate developer Nate Paul. Attorney Brandon Kamek testified that he was under the direct personal supervision of Paxton as he was brought in as an outside counsel for the purpose of investigating law enforcement mistreatment of Paul and was personally directed by the AG to use encrypted messaging apps to communicate about his work and to continue his investigation, even after receiving cease and desist letters from deputies within Paxton's own office, including Mark Penley, then Assistant Attorney General for Criminal Justice, who has also testified in the trial this week. Kamek also revealed that he had interacted with Nate Paul's lawyers while conducting investigatory work on behalf of Paxton. Eleanor Dearman at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram says that at the time, Brandon Kamek was a relatively recent law school graduate and was excited to be hired to work on a case that Paxton told him would take guts to pursue. But that as things began to go south, including U.S. Marshals showing up to Kamek's office with questions, he began to realize that he had been misled on the true nature of the case. He was soon informed that he wouldn't be paid for thousands of dollars of work that he had done at the direction of the AG. Former Travis County DA Margaret Moore testified yesterday as well that her office had declined a request from Paxton to get involved with the Nate Paul matter, finding his allegations ridiculous and expecting the staff at the AG's office to agree, which it turns out they did. When pressed by Paxton's defense yesterday to elaborate on why she had declined, Moore explained that Paul wasn't just accusing the FBI of misconduct, but, quote, a whole range of agencies, the Texas Rangers, the U.S. Marshals, the U.S. Magistrate, the U.S. Attorney's Office, all of those together, the Securities Board. That's why I considered it incredible, unquote. The Ken Paxton impeachment appears to be winding down. Some sources are saying an end result could come as soon as this weekend. National news yesterday saw the announcement by U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy that House Republicans are launching an impeachment inquiry directed at President Joe Biden. Matthew Choi at the Texas Tribune writes that Texas Democratic lawmakers who worked on the Trump impeachments find no comparison between them. Houston Rep. Sylvia Garcia, who served as a manager in the first Trump impeachment over his pressuring of Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden ahead of the 2020 election, calls this new affair, quote, just plain old payback, unquote, and says the GOP members of the U.S. House have made themselves the investigatory arm of the Donald Trump presidential campaign. Garcia further contrasts then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's restraint in impeaching Trump over Ukraine until actual evidence came to light, while McCarthy appears to be caving under the pressure of his hard-right colleagues in the absence of any evidence after months of investigations into President Biden and his family. San Antonio Rep. Joaquin Castro similarly served as a manager in the second Trump impeachment over the January 6th insurrection, which he calls, quote, serious crimes that presented a threat to our republic. This stuff with Hunter Biden is not comparable, unquote. 
The Associated Press says a trial is underway on voting laws in Texas. The Democrats staged a 38-day walkout to resist back in 2021. New laws that were enacted as part of Republican efforts across the country in tandem with former President Donald Trump's false claims that the 2020 election was stolen. At stake here are voting rules that will be in place in Texas during next year's elections that at present appear likely to feature Donald Trump as the Republican nominee for president. A coalition of voting rights groups, including the American Civil Liberties Union, the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Educational Fund, and several others have brought this lawsuit. U.S. District Judge Xavier Rodriguez is presiding over the trial, which could last weeks, and any decision is likely to be appealed by the state. The clock is ticking as a monumental election approaches next fall. A police shooting in McKinney is under Texas Rangers scrutiny, says Maria Guerrero at NBC DFW Channel 5. 37-year-old Sidney Dotson, a black man who had recently been released from prison, was shot dead earlier this week by McKinney police who had been called to the scene by Dotson's sister who was seeking help for him as he was suffering a mental breakdown and harming himself with a knife, the presence of which created the deadly threat circumstance that is frequently the catalyst for police shootings and mental health emergencies. June Jenkins, president of the Collin County chapter of the NAACP, released a statement saying, quote, I am exhausted seeing the tragic outcomes of police engagements and mental health emergencies. It is incomprehensible how a call for help turned into a fatal encounter, unquote. Jenkins says further that her organization will be monitoring the investigation closely. While we're on gun violence, Daniel Ibarra at KSAT in San Antonio says a recent public safety town hall in the Alamo City featured a discussion of the impact of the permitless carrying of firearms in Texas. Both SAPD Chief William McManus and Bear County DA Joe Gonzalez say the proliferation of guns in the San Antonio area has led to more gun crime. Chief McManus said, quote, we've got boyfriends shooting at ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends shooting at new boyfriends. We've got sons shooting fathers, fathers shooting at sons, unquote. District Attorney Gonzalez says property crime is up in San Antonio as a result as well as, quote, the access to guns has increased exponentially because people are breaking into cars and taking guns, unquote. Nicole Golden, executive director of the nonprofit Texas Gun Sense, says the trend shows the impacts of loosened gun restrictions, which are making conditions more dangerous both for law enforcement and for the communities they are charged to protect. The town hall was held as five San Antonio police officers have been shot in the span of just two weeks. Brian Lopez at the Texas Tribune says the Texas Education Agency is delaying the release of its annual ratings of schools across the state as it wants to account for changes in performance due to the COVID-19 pandemic. TEA now expects the rankings to be released sometime in October, possibly not prior to the upcoming special session on public education and school vouchers. A gender equity benchmark for Texas law enforcement, Cynthia Miranda at KPRC Channel 2 in Houston, says the Texas Department of Public Safety has promoted its first woman to serve as a Texas Ranger major since the organization was started 200 years ago. Wendy O. Wakeman is a major for Texas Ranger Company F in Waco, leading a team of 27 Rangers and three lieutenants for a region that runs south of Dallas to south of San Antonio. Wakeman is a graduate of the National Forensics Academy, the International Association of Chiefs of Women's Police Leadership Institute, and the DPS Command College. She also has a degree in criminal justice from Sam Houston State University. Wendy O. Wakeman has been with DPS since 1998 and was also the first woman to achieve the rank of Ranger Lieutenant back in 2014. 
Finally, you may have heard of the recent death of a man in his 30s due to bacterial poisoning that came from eating raw oysters from the Gulf of Mexico. Early reports of this gave me the impression that the man may have harvested these oysters himself, but that's not the case. Alex Mitchell at the New York Post says those oysters came from a Galveston restaurant, which one in particular is being shielded by local health officials. The bacteria is thought to have been spread further than usual into southern waters by Hurricane Idalia and is clearly hard to detect in undercooked or raw seafood. Word to the wise. And that's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch for this Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Thanks to your support, Progress Texas podcasts are now within the top 5% for listenership in the entire world. Please consider helping us continue our important work by joining our ongoing membership drive. Learn more at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow.